Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. To Finish them off. Finish them off. I see three. Put them in the shade. Put them in the shade. How about them boys? How about them boys? kind of energy we're bringing to week three of the nfc east feast if you guys do not follow our instagram stories uh you did not hear that but that is a a comedian named country wayne and he is an ignorant cowboys fan much like myself we'll get into the cowboys victory later but i just figured we needed to start off this week with some energy but let's start off this week where week two started off and that was on thursday night football a clash of two nfc east teams seeing the Washington football team with a walk-off victory defeating the New York Giants. George, you got to be feeling some type of way as well. I mean, I'm feeling great, man. You know, I'm not I'm not feeling like you're feeling cuz let's be real, ignorant Cowboys, they're always going to be like that. But for me, for me personally, it, it it felt good to get out of that game with a W. And I think the boys in the same situation probably felt good because at the end of the day, they lost that game. They just so happened to get the win. But I'll move on with the Washington football team. Obviously, at the end there, which Brian, I'm sure, will mention, is Mm -hmm. that my kicker, Justin Hopkins, has always struggled. Justin with a D. Don't disrespect him. Whatever. Dustin Hopkins, dude. Honestly, I kind of want to forget the guy's name. He's been missing kicks for three years in pivotal moments in the game like he did Thursday night. And he did miss that. He missed it, and guess he what? He went off. He missed the first one, and then luckily somebody flinched a little bit, went off sides, he kicked the second one. I'm happy, dude. I think the momentum going into next week against Buffalo, you know, we're going to need it, obviously. Uh, we're 1-1 yep. one one now, a lot better than 0-2. It's really hard to come back from 0-2, as we both know. I'm just glad that, you know, we're still in the running. You know, we're all tied at first, and uh, it's going to be exciting for both of us next week. How do you feel For about sure. the game? Um, this, I mean, I, yeah. The stats How do you feel? between O and two and one and one are jarring. The difference between your odds to advance to the playoffs and then, of course, everyone's ultimate goal of the Super Bowl. Um, after you start off O and two, it it almost never happens. So yeah, get, getting that victory as cheap as it was was huge for you guys. Um, I'm not sure if you have any of your good days pies left over George, but I would send one to New York to Dexter Lawrence. Because that's the only reason you won that football game. Because we all saw Dexter Lawrence the only jump reason. offsides. Okay, all right, all right. Yes, yes. Allow me to finish. Is he <laughs> jumped offsides as Dustin Hopkins choked as he uh, <laughs> as so often does, and you set him up, and he did hit the second one. So you know, ice in his veins for doing that. Um, also, send another not maybe a whole pizza, but how about a slice of pie to uh, Darius Slayton who dropped a wide-open touchdown, which would have made that a two-score game in the fourth quarter. I don't think you guys ever would have caught up. So make sure you save a little piece of the thick Rick for Darius as well. And other than that, though, I have nothing but good things to say about the Washington football team. You 
put the stat up on social media this week that kind of blew my mind, that Taylor Heineke now has the most passing yards in NFL history through his first three career starts. So shout out to Heineke. I oh, think and by the that- way, by the oh, way, really quick, if you can recall, I asked you specifically on the under over for Heineke's 250 yards passing. And yes. what did you say, B? What did you I say? S- I said under. What did he throw? How, uh, 346? 336, buddy. Okay. All right. So watch out for Taylor the rest of the year. Are you becoming more and more a Taylor, I wouldn't say fan, but believer now? I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor Heineke, but a, a believer in that he can lead the Washington football team to the playoffs? Not so fast, my friend. Uh, I think that stat of him holding the NFL record is a bit skewed only because of the way the game is played now. If you look at the rules being set up to protect wide receivers and quarterbacks, oh my goodness, bro. if you look at, uh, th- I mean, it's it's a different game, dude. It's, I feel like that record will be broken probably. If I don't know, Trevor Lawrence is turning the ball over like hell, but if he throws another three fifty this week, he'll probably set it for his first co- three career starts. It's not hard, man. These rookies come into the league and they seamlessly seem to pick it up because a lot of the Saturday you don't throw for over three hundred yards a game for the first three games, dude. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. It has happen. never happened. It happened for Heineke, so I'm happy for him. I don't. I don't want to sit here and and turn this uh, episode into a Heineke bashing session because the kid has okay. heart. The kid has heart. So I shout out to him. Shout out to Ricky Seals Jones. Oh, he was, was on. Talk, yeah. You got Moss Monday night because that touchdown in the back of the end zone uh, was a thing of beauty. It was a dime. Heineke sat there in the in the pocket, stepped up. Uh, very impressive. Terry McLaurin, another 100-yard game. Uh, very impressive by him as well. Um, the only guy on the defense I want to shout out is Montez Sweat because he currently is holding the longest active streak for um, sacks. I believe he's got a sack in five straight games or so. But other than that, George, that vaunted Washington uh. football defense allowed Daniel Jones to have arguably the best game of his career. I've got a few tidbits here for you guys, and I want to say these are not my thoughts. We follow a Giants fan page. And since George and I are not fans of the Giants, I thought you guys might want to hear the pulse of Big Blue Nation. And they are saying, Daniel Jones played the best game of his pro career, mistake-free football, and didn't do anything detrimental, um, needs to hit more deep shots. But um, he ran the ball beautifully. He had a 90 Okay, yard- best game, 22 for 32, 249 yards, and one touchdown. That is the best game Daniel Jones has thrown for the Giants. Why don't you look up the rushing stats, buddy? Nine okay, for yes. Nine, nine for 95. Yes. And he had like a 40-yard touchdown call back. So let's say that's not called back. The dude rushed the ball 10 times for a buck 50. So I think if you combine the rushing stats with the turnover-free football and the garbage that Daniel Jones has put on his career career resume the first three years, <laughs> this is the best game of his career. Um, a few other thoughts from the Giants fans. Uh, Kenny Galladay's sideline outburst is an indication of his place in this offense. He has only 1.3 yards of separation per his route and needs more production for his $18 million a year contract. So I think that's not a big deal. It's a heated exchange in the sidelines. I believe he was maybe a little bit more upset um, with Jason Garrett than Daniel Jones. But regardless, Kenny Galladay is not happy right now. Um, Saquon Barkley. 
um, yet to be full strength, but everybody uh, was very happy to see him rip off that 40-yard run. Um, I'm sure most of you guys saw, as George and I did, the most impressive part of that run was watching a 265-pound lineman with dreadlocks named Chase Young run stride for stride with him. But nonetheless, see, uh, good to see Saquon get uh, back into the swing of things. Um, and the, the Giants fans are also saying the Joe Judge honeymoon is over. He needs to start putting some wins on the board, although they do like him. And also um, that the, the defensive coordinator, Brandon Graham, needs to be held accountable. Because much like your defense, George, a lot of big names on that defense, a lot of big expectations, and mm-hmm. neither defense showed up on Thursday night. Agreed. Agreed. But it doesn't matter. You guys got the win. You're 1-1, one and one, and the Giants are 0-2. So the Giants will look to, to pick up their first win against Atlanta, and we will talk about that a little bit later. But let's get into these, uh, these Sunday games. Um, and in the 1 o'clock window, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles uh, suffer their first loss. It was their home opener, and they lost 17-11 to 11 to the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that isn't a bad loss for Philly. San Francisco is a great roster, and more, uh, more specifically, they're a great defense. Um, so they held Philly in check. They scored their only touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts, a uh, very pedestrian, 12 for 23, 190 yards. But again, kind of like Daniel Jones, he ran the ball 10 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. Other than a big play to Quez Watkins um, down the sideline, Quez Watkins had 117 yards receiving. He's one of my uh, my deep, deep sleepers in fantasy. So if you guys need a, a plug-and-play, I think Quez Watkins is, is your guy. But not a, lot ho- not a whole lot going on for the Philadelphia offense in this game. But their defense held their own. Um, the front seven played well. They held uh, Jimmy G and the Niners to 17 points. So although they suffered the loss, I still think the Eagles fans are very happy with this one-and-one one at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Lud said it last week. You know, he he took him to win. The Eagles take him to win. But uh, honestly, closer than I thought. Defensive battle the entire time. Sure. Both defenses showed out. Jalen Hurts still ran the ball quite a lot. I feel like he could have ran the ball even more. I think it was mm-hmm. really working well. Um, but overall, I'm 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 kind of looking at the Eagles like they're a direct competitor for the they East. Are. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't take the loss um, as 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 gonna. This is something that exposed Philadelphia, and Week One was a mirage. No, I think they're a tough football team, and I, I respect Nick Sirianni a hell of a lot more than I did about a month ago. But I Eagles, would watch out for their their D line. Honestly, I don't think they've gotten a sack yet. Haven't gotten a sack yet, and they're not going to get one anytime soon because arguably their best pass rusher, Brandon Graham, ruptured his Achilles in this game. He is oh, gone wow. for the season. Not only is he one of their best players, he is a team leader. Huge loss for Philadelphia. Um, they also lost one of their offensive guards, Brandon Brooks, in this game to a pectoral injury. He is going on IR, so I believe he'll miss three games. It's not a season ender, but he was a guy who was gone all of last year and who they need healthy. And also, um, Zach Ertz um, has the COVID. I'm not sure if it's the Delta or the OG version, but he um, will miss this game coming up. So Philadelphia did not come out of this game unscathed. And I think now going forward with some of these injuries, the coaching and more specifically their depth will be put to the test. But I think that um, the city of brotherly love has to be pretty happy at this point being one and one. And especially their one loss being a close one to a lot of people would say a, a playoff team and maybe even a Super Bowl contender in the San Francisco 49ers. So um, nothing but kudos, I think, coming from the NFC East feast 
to you guys up there in Philadelphia. So they will look to uh, play my Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, and we will get into that shortly. Speaking of my Dallas Cowboys, as you heard my angry and um, a little bit ignorant Cowboys fan, uh, I, I echo his sentiments 100%, George. To go into Los Angeles, that was their home opener in front of their fans, and to win an ugly game, I love it. I think all of us expected it to be some kind of 34-32 to 32 a game, a lot of fireworks, much like the Bucks and Cowboys game that kicked off the NFL season. But this was not the case, my friend. You called for this, George, and this is exactly what the doctor ordered, to slow down the game and control the clock with the running game. Tony Pollard, 13 carries, 109 yards, three catches, 31 yards. I'm not sure if you guys are good at math at home. I'm not. I used a calculator. That's 16 touches for 140 yards. That's almost nine yards a pop. That's impressive. And usually when I come on here and talk about how great Tony Pollard is, I follow it up with bashing Ezekiel Elliott. It's not going to happen this week. I think Zeke, much like myself and Cowboys Nation, may have been inspired by Tony Pollard because Zeke himself, 16 carries for 71. Two catches for 25. So Zeke's got 18 touches for 95 yards, and he got in the end zone for his first touchdown. So we had a two-headed monster running back, and I hope that Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy took notice because I think going forward, this is huge for us. Dak Prescott did not have his best game, but I believe that Zach Martin, um, playing his first game of the season, reasserted himself as one of the best guards in football. And I got a lot of confidence going forward. George, do you feel that my Cowboys, kind of like your football team, got away with one, or did we prove that we're better than the nation thinks? Uh, the nation thinks you're going to win the East, so I don't think that 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 <laughs> you're better than what the nation thinks. But, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of stole the game away from the Chargers a little bit. I think okay. the Chargers hurt themselves a lot in this game, more so than the Giants hurt themselves. I mean, it was, it was habitual how many penalties that they had and how many mistakes they had in the red zone. I think Herbert did absolutely outplay Dak Prescott. But, again, the running game, it's it, – you know, you controlled the clock. Uh, you were able to make maintain some third down conversions. Uh, you you played well on defense. Um, you got some good uh, from Micah. Did his thing out there. He was definitely creating a little bit more pressure, making them a little uneasy in the red zone because they would drive down the field. But once they got within that twenty yard line, they made things happen. And you know, I, I think that if anything, I saw from the Cowboys in the in the positive is that defense looked really good uh, in the red zone specifically. Thank you, Thank and you very much. I th- I think it's a great uh, and a great offense from the Chargers. You know, we gave up uh, 20 points to them, but they could have easily scored a lot more. And I think it was the same case for you guys. Wait, wait, uh, they wait, wait, easily- wait. So my Dallas Cowboys defense, without their starting defensive ends, Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, and our starting strong safety, Donovan Wilson, held the Los Angeles Chargers to less points than the Washington football defense? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Wow. Again, they made a lot of mistakes in the red zone. Don't you guys got the charge at home, and we went on the road. That's very interesting you say that. Let me talk a little bit more about defense because I'm pumped up right now, George. You right. talked about Micah Parsons, who will be the defensive rookie of the year. Micah Parsons, guys, had a 33.3 pass rush win rate. Don't really know what that means. But he also had a 90.8 pass rush grade. I do know what that means. That is second in the NFL, George, in week two behind some guy named Aaron Donald, who just so happens to be the best in the business. So my rookie, Micah Parsons, started at defensive end, a position he has not started at since his senior year in high school. And he was the second best pass rusher in the league. 
Yeah, Chase did that like six times last year, bro. So I I wouldn't be so impressed, dude. Chase Young was the number two pick in the draft. He was expected to do that. Micah Parsons wasn't even expected to play this position if it wasn't for Randy Gregory catching Colvin and Demarcus Lawrence breaking his foot. But he did. When the game was tied 14-14, to the Chargers were in the red zone about to take their first lead of the game. And uh, our free safety, DeMonte Casey, a young man that you ridiculed during the Dallas Cowboys team preview, intercepted Justin Herbert. And that saved the game for us. And that wasn't our only interception. Trayvon Diggs got his fifth career interception in only his 14th career game. I believe Trayvon Diggs is now a certified number one corner in this league. I believe we all know that Micah Parsons is big time. J. Ron Curse, who started in the place of Donovan Wilson, had nine total tackles, had a pass breakup, and also had an interception that was called back for a penalty. Yeah, so it's, easy up, get, it's easy to get nine tackles when you give up 313 yards passing, bro. If I'll give up 913 <laughs> yards of passing if I'm holding the opponent to 17 points, bro. Agreed. I, okay. I, do you know who leads the NFL in takeaways, George? I bet you do. The Cowboys, bro. I'm yeah. sure they do because you're setting they me up. Do. Okay. They do. It. Yeah. And they also well, they need to when they're giving up that many cards. Honestly, that's fine. Giving up that's that many fine. Yards, we can to. bend and not break and then get away turnovers. We also, we also hold the longest streak in the NFL right now, and that's um, eight straight games with a forced turnover. So I'm very high on my Cowboys defense, and I will stop bragging about my Cowboys, but I got one more guy I got to shout out because last week I called out Terrence Steele, and I said the last time he started at right tackle, Dak Prescott's foot ended up facing the wrong way. But that didn't happen this week. Terrence Steele stepped up and played amazing. He played a clean game and did not allow a sack. So shout out to Terrence Steele. Um, I hope, you know, Lyle Collins is still going to be out in another four games with that uh, PED suspension. But I have a lot more confidence going forward in our backup right tackle. And I got a lot of confidence um, with my boys. We played two games on the road. One of them we won against the Chargers. And one of them we gave the world champs everything they could handle. So our home opener this Monday night against Philly. I am flying high, man, and I cannot wait. I don't know, man. I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I after know. I saw, I mean, I after I saw the Bucks play the Cowboys, and then the Bucks hang in there with the the Falcons hung in there with the Bucks for most of the game, bro. They did. Let's and talk about the Falcons. Trash. Let's talk about the Falcons. Perfect segue um, to Week Two because the New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons will be searching for their first victory. So unless you're a Falcons or Giants fan, you probably won't be tuned into this one. But I, I, I do find it interesting what you said, though, about, about Atlanta. Because I, as I was watching that game, I'm like, dude, they really are hanging in here. So I don't think they're as bad as... They actually, no, they are as bad as an 0-2 record. I'll, I'll stop myself there. But they, they're going to travel to New York. So the Giants get them at home. I think Atlanta will put up points. They put up points on the Bucs, but maybe the Bucs secondary um, is a little weak, but that's that's a different subject for another day. But it wasn't for some guy, I, believe, I think his name is Mike Edwards, a Bucks DB. He had two defensive touchdowns. I didn't even know who Mike Edwards was last week, no, but yeah. the, the dude had two defensive touchdowns and that put the game out of reach. But Cordero Patterson, who was like more of a kick return special teams guy, um, is is their number two back, and he's also a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. He's a problem. Kyle Pitts has shown flashes. He hasn't really put together a whole game yet. And of course, Calvin, boy Russell Gage, dude. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wrong on Russell Gage. I said he was a decent number two receiver. He's not. <laughs> but Calvin really is is a true number one. So I think that Giants defense better play a hell of a lot better than they did on Thursday night against the football team. I'm expecting a lot of points in this game, this Falcons-Giants game. And I think although they're 0-2, Daniel Jones built his confidence um, going up against you boys and um, playing a turnover-free game. So I'm expecting Daniel Jones to play a good game. For my fantasy guys out there, I'm telling you, this is the week to get Saquon Barkley in your lineup. Uh, mm. I think I think that 40-yard run against the football team maybe instilled a little bit of confidence in Saquon, and now he's going up against a Swiss cheese defense in Atlanta. So, I mean, if, if Saquon does not have his bounce-back game this week, it might never happen. So I'm, I'm hoping Saquon goes for a hundy at least, maybe 150 total yards and a couple touchdowns. I'm expecting big things from Saquon. I'm expecting Daniel Jones to carry this momentum over. And I'm expecting the New York Giants to get their first win at home. What do you think? You know what? I'm going to take the Giants too, not only because I like them this week against the Atlanta Falcons, but it's also Eli Ceremony Sunday. He's ah. having a ceremony. You know, they're retiring his number, I believe. It's this whole thing. Even though they kicked him out of New York, you know, he's coming back to, to get a little bit of love, I guess, you know, to, to, re, to rehab the relationship between the fan base, I guess. Um, but, yeah, they're having a ceremony for Eli. I think it's going to be good vibes and, and with the Giants. And, and Daniel Jones did look good last week. He, I don't think he's going to run it nearly as much because I, 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 I believe that they're going to want to contain him because that was the right. biggest place he was making out there with his feet. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I don't know anybody again. We all talked about this. I don't know anybody that plays for Atlanta Falcons, Falcons defense. So right. um, I'll move on from that. And, yeah, I'm going to take the Giants by – by at least seven points in this game. I think they're a lot better than we think. I think that Washington uh, played them pretty well, and, and they look good. And Saquon's coming back, as you said. For sure. I hope that um, nobody forgets all of these Giants fans that will be cheering as they lift the number 10 into the rafters that you guys benched Eli for Geno Smith. So um, <laughs> I know that you're going to show him a lot of love on Sunday, and he deserves it. But he was swept under the rug, and he was kicked out of the door abruptly. But I was wondering that too. Yeah, like how does that make him feel? Like I don't know. It's weird. Everybody, be sure to tune into uh, ESPN two on Monday night to listen to Peyton and uh, Eli because <laughs> they are they are kind of funny. It's 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 a uh, it's a different brand of of watching football, but I, I do think it's fun. But yeah, we both got the Giants to get their first win. If they do lose at home to Atlanta to fall to zero and three, I'm going to say that the season. Dude, that might already be over, dude. So this is I this is, this is a must-win game. There's not a lot of must-win games in September in this league, but I think this is it for the Giants. So so Joe Judge, rally your troops, or else you might be looking for a defensive coordinator position next year, Bubba. 100%. Yep. Let's talk about your boys, George. The Washington football team coming off a big win. They'll also be in New York. They won't be in Giants Stadium. They'll be a little uh, farther north and west. Uh, to play the Buffalo Bills. And as we all know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, especially coming off a 35 to nothing shellacking of the Miami Dolphins, where they sent Tua Tagovailoa to the uh, locker room with bruised ribs. And I know Jacoby Brissett will be starting for them. Not that um, that has anything to do with the East. But yeah, the, the Bills looked good. They lost week one to the Steelers because of some special teams and defensive gaffes, but they got their shit together in week two, brother, and they got some momentum, and you guys are going to have to bring your A game um, into uh, Western New York to play Buffalo, man. Josh Allen is elite, top five quarterback in this league. 
they don't really have a true number one back. They kind of rotate with Singletary and Zach Moss and Matt Breida. Um, I don't know if it's going to be William Jackson or Fuller, but Stefan Diggs is as talented as it comes at wide receiver in this league. And their defense is pretty good too. So you guys, you know, uh, Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano, and those guys, uh, they don't they don't play. So good luck. What do you, how, how do you think the football team fares traveling to Buffalo? You know, I told I talked about this game about how we needed to beat the Giants because we are going to Buffalo the week yes. after. I do feel good that we had a longer week. You know, we had an extra three days there to get prepared for Buffalo. I think we're going to be well rested. I think that our quarterback play has been better than ever these last. I don't know. Two years, dude. I'm going to say it. The last two years, we have now had the best quarterback play we have had in two years. That so, says something about the, the uh, tradition of your quarterbacks there. Yes. Yes. I believe Scary Terry has been with us for about three years, and I think he's had nine quarterbacks. So that just shows wow. you right there. Um, so Washington has had the struggles, but I believe in Heineke. I think the whole team does. I've been screaming this. Their locker room is all on them, dude, that the chemistry is there. And I believe in this team to go into Buffalo and show out a little bit. I think as long as our defense keeps the ball in front of them and there's not many big, huge, over 30-yard pass plays, I think we're going to be okay. We just can't get beat. We got to let them keep in front of us. We got to be good in the red zone and we got to be able to run the ball against these guys. The DBs from Buffalo are pretty solid. And I think Scary Terry will get his and Logan will get his. But Antonio Gibson needs to have an absolute day to have any chance to win this game. I, I think Antonio, he's got to break out this game. He had a good game against the Chargers, but gave up the ball a couple times. I, I know the offensive line is, is, is definitely pushing and firing as much as they can. And uh, again, Heineke will have the normal intangibles, but I hope the guy doesn't have to throw the ball over 40 times this game because we're not going to win the game if he throws the ball over 40 times. Well, I'm very so, curious, George. Um, Antonio Gibson, I just looked it up, had 13 carries for 69 yards last week. That's almost five and a half a pop. Why did Taylor Hunt just throw yeah. it 40 times? I question Scott Turner. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not going to sweat the technique because y'all won the football game. But why don't you, like you told me last week, for my Cowboys to slow down and control the clock, don't give it to him 13 times. Give it to him 23 times. And I think your offensive line has been playing pretty good because, as we talked about, they might be a little weak at tackle. But with those centers and guards, you can run the ball up the gut. So I do think you have a good point. If you control the clock with Antonio Gibson, I think you guys might have a chance to keep this competitive. I think that's the move. I honestly think this is going to be a pretty ugly game. Okay. I think it's it's not going to be a high-scoring game. I think we contain Josh as much as we can. I think our ends, as long as we don't run up field all crazy, which I don't think we will. Hopefully, we they don't break contain. Um, so they're going to stay back. And if, if Josh decides to put his head down and start running to the right to find somebody open, he's not going to be able to do it because Montez and, and Chase both run four 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 sixes. You know, yes. um, So they're going to be able to contain it. As long as we can contain Josh from taking off, we have a good chance to – to, to be in this game, you know, I have a hard time taking him. I know you're going to ask me that taking, mm -hmm. taking the uh, Washington football team here, you know, I, I, but dude, you know what? I'm taking the Washington football. Uh, team. I'm taking them. I'm taking them 13 to 16. Book it, baby. Book. Ooh. You know what, George, you trolled me pretty hard last year. When I um, said you guys had no chance to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and you went out and I believe it was like a, Wednesday night. It was one of those weird COVID games. You guys shocked the world and you beat Pittsburgh to give them their first loss. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to troll me again because you have 
zero fucking chance to beat the Buffalo Bills. Maybe that'll be on Instagram last <laughs> week, guys. I hope it is because it'll be good content. No way, bro. Coming off at 35 nothing, they got momentum. They are rolling. Stefan Diggs is going to put your defensive backs on skates. I'm predicting Heineke's um he's not going to have the most passing yards after four NFL starts. I'll just I'll just say that. But I do think this is a close game. Um the spread is around 7 or 8. I think you guys will be right there to push that. Uh I think you guys will run the football um give the Antonio Gibson the uh, the workload that he deserves, which is at least 20 touches. Scary Terry, you can almost book it for 100 yards although the the Bills DBs um are respectable. But this is going to be a this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a good test for Buffalo. But I, I just think that just after that week one loss, I think it was healthy for Buffalo. And Sean McDermott is as good of a coach as it gets in this league. And he's going to have his troops fired up. And I think he is going to get the victory. I've got the Buffalo Bills winning this game 26 to 17. So, so a respectable loss for the football team, but certainly a loss indeed. So let's uh, let's end our, uh, our our breakdown of week three. With Monday Night Football, where the worst announcers in NFL history will bestow themselves upon Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas, to watch the Philadelphia Eagles come in to face the Dallas Cowboys in what I think will be a battle for first place. I think the winner of this game on Monday will go into Tuesday morning as the leaders of the NFC East. That doesn't mean a whole lot um, at the end of September, but... It is what it is, and I and, I, and I'm, of course I'm going to expect my Dallas Cowboys to get the victory in this game. I think without Brandon Graham on that defensive line, and coming off of the momentum we had uh, with Tony Pollard and Zeke proving they can be a two-headed monster if they both get their carries, I think we run the ball effectively. Dak Prescott was 23 of 27 last week for the Chargers uh, against the Chargers, excuse me, which is very efficient. Uh, didn't have a lot of um, downfield throws. The one downfield throw he did have was, I'm going to admit, guys, it was pretty ugly. Asante Samuel had an interception. Um, I was a big fan of Asante Samuel coming out of Florida State in the draft. Um, just a little side note there. But I think that we'll, we might see, I will say, a, a little bit of a, a blend of week one and two. I think Dak is going to drop back and throw the ball more. I hope Amari Cooper plays in this game. He has bruised ribs. He's questionable. I think uh, Coop's a tough guy. I say he, he will be out there. And C.D. Lamb, C.D.'s look explosive. I don't know if you saw, George, how the first half ended uh, for the Cowboys versus the Chargers. Uh, C.D. caught a, a, a little yeah. pass, uh, cut it inside, and it was like, oh, he's going to the 40, the 30, the 20, and he pitches it to Zeke. And then Zeke gets down to like the four, maybe the three-yard line. Like, So it's kind of crazy. We had the Jordan Lewis interception in week one. We had the, the C.D. Lamb and Zeke play in week two. So we're ending the first half in style. That's for damn sure. But I'm expecting the Cowboys uh, to play a good game. And the Eagles, I think, will, will play will play well. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm, not, I'm expecting him to uh, turn the ball over against my defense. Although, as I said, we do have that eight-game streak um, with turnovers. But I, I think Jalen Hurts plays a clean game and keeps it respectable. But I think with guys like Brandon Brooks, Brandon Graham, and Zach Ertz out, it will be too much to overcome because we have Zach Martin back, as I said. Randy Gregory should be back from the COVID list. I'm not sure if Donovan Wilson will be back, but J. Ron Kirst proved that he is a serviceable starting safety. And I already talked about it. My boy Trayvon Diggs is a true number one corner, so I expect him to lock down Devontae Smith um, or Jalen Rager. So I've got my Dallas Cowboys winning this game 
I will say 33 to 31. I got the Cowboys pulling off the dub. How about you? You got a high-scoring game for those two. It's usually a pretty tough battle, those two. I'm surprised you're that high there. Um, I think that they are going to run the ball more than you think. I don't think Dak wants to throw the ball all day. I think you're going to start seeing a little down ticket in the amount that Dak throws out there. Okay. I think the Eagles DBs and their back end are pretty solid. I know they lost both their booking DNs. But you know what? Honestly, I'm going to change direction, bro. Are you? I like the boy. I was going to go Eagles here, but I do like the boys because that offensive line looks good. You guys have the running back, uh, running game going. Your defense looks good. Mike is going to get pressure. Jalen Hurts and Sirianni just aren't proven yet. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I, I just don't think they're proven yet, and I think everyone's on their bandwagon after, bandwagon after week one. But would you say they're proven? They're certainly not proven, but I think they are proving themselves, you know, step by step. Um, Jalen Hurts, with his performance last week, as we said, it was like, I think I said it earlier, 12 for 23. wasn't really impressive, but that Niners defense is nasty. And as much as I want to brag about the Cowboys and the turnovers they've been getting, they, we are no San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, uh, Miles, yeah. Miles Sanders had a decent game running the ball for them. Uh, somebody I wanted to call out on Philadelphia just because it's the NFC East feast is Kenneth Gainwell. He's been making some plays for them as well. And the reason I love Kenneth Gainwell is because he played running back for the University of Memphis, as did two years ago, uh, three years ago, excuse me, Tony Pollard, who now plays in the NFC East for my Cowboys. And two years ago, Antonio Gibson, who now plays for the Washington football team. The Memphis so it's, boys, man. It's all, it's, wow. all Memphis, it's all Memphis love um, in the NFC East. But they got some weapons. As I said, Quez Watkins um, is a guy who makes plays for them and goes deep. And Deshaun Jackson used to you, – you know how I got a jackpot in the podcast again. Deshaun Jackson used to murder the Cowboys. So I expect a guy like Quez Watkins to beat us deep over the top once, if I had to guess – it's probably going to be Anthony Brown covering him. So I'll say Quez Watkins goes for like an ADR touchdown. Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, along with Jalen Hurts, have a decent game running the football. So that's why Philadelphia is probably going to humble our defense a little bit. And, you know, we probably are very high and mighty in ourselves after hold, after host holding, excuse me, J- Justin Herbert to only 17 points. But I think Philadelphia gives us a little bit of a reality check. And that's why I'm saying they put up over 30. And if they're going to put up over 30, my Dallas Cowboys damn sure are going to put up over 30 because we are not losing this football game. So book it, guys. Dallas Cowboys win this game. Tony Pollard and Zeke continue the two-headed monstrous march that they are on. And Dak Prescott, he was clutch last week, man. Not pretty, but in the fourth quarter in that game-winning drive, when it had to get done, number four did it. And that's why I trust in my Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, the Cowboys winning a close one. What do you got as the final score? I got this game 27 to 23. Still pretty high scoring, but not as high as yours. Not I, as think Jaylen, I, I think Jalen's going to slow the clock down a little bit. They're going to try to run the ball as much as they possibly can to prevent the turnovers from happening from you guys. And, and they got to run the ball. They got to slow the clock down. And that's the only way to come out with victory here. I think Jalen, I got he got ranked number two pro football focus uh, as a quarterback rank. I just saw that. Wow. Um, not sure what the hell that means, but it's up there. And <laughs> a lot of nerdy guys who watch a lot of tape, and they're yeah. and apparently they're fans of Jalen Hurts. As am I. As am I. Um, it's and it obviously um, not to throw any salt on a wound, but I will. Uh, Mr. Glass Carson Wentz um, sprained both of his ankles. <laughs> he's the only guy in the league who can sprain both his ankles at once. So, of course, he's hurt again. So I hope that makes Philadelphia feel a little bit better, that they clearly 
made the right choice in Jalen. First off, B, you got to admit, you're pretty excited about Carson going to the Colts. Just admit that. When he left to go to the Colts? You said that he was going to be good in Indy. I remember you telling me that. No, no. You're you're thinking of somebody else. Maybe Bobby Hartman. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Trash. Dumpster fire. He's a, the Carson Wentz is broken mind, body, and spirit. No, that that guy, that guy will never be a serviceable. Oh, he's definitely coming into the next press conference with his backward snapback for yes. sure. Bro. Yes, and don't let Colin Coward <laughs> catch you with a backwards hat because he will roast you, much like I am doing right now. But let's right. finish the episode up in style as we always do, and talk some spreads because we got some interesting spreads in the East this week. Jay Ludge is back. He was two and one last week. Which brings him to three and four overall. So much like last year, he's flirting with that five hundred record. But I know he's determined to get over five hundred this week. Luds, welcome back to the feast. Hey, appreciate it, boys. As always, I'm glad to be back. Um, exciting week two, and looking forward to getting into these week three picks. Absolutely, I, I love your calls last week. You had the football team not covering the spread but winning, which is a great call. Both of those happened. Oh. You had. And you had a close game in the uh, Cowboys versus Chargers, and that certainly happened. So, so your wins were very impressive. You went on a limp a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say he chose that upset was respectful, to be honest yeah. with you, because they honestly, did keep it in the game. Yeah, it was a six point game. Luds is on it. Let's start off with the Bills and Washington football team. The spread was eight earlier. What I'm looking at right now is Bills minus seven and a half. Luds, how you feeling about the football team? I want to start off with uh, congratulating Heineke, man. That was a big win. Um, like I said last week, I'm impressed with him. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over much. Um, and I actually had this written down to talk about that tonight where he set that NFL record, NFL <laughs> history, uh, you know, throwing for those yards in the first – or I'm sorry, completions in the first three starts of his career. So that's really impressive. However, the Washington football team is traveling – to go visit the Bills Mafia this week. <laughs> There's going to be broken tables and fire. Exactly. Let's talk about what Danny Dimes did to that defense. Oh, bro. 95 rushing yards. 29 points to the struggling Giants who can't score. I'm taking Buffalo minus eight and a half. 35-17 Buffalo Bills. Ooh, Luds. Luds has a beat down in East Rutherford. They're coming into Buffalo in a wrong week, man. What happened to Big D Heineke, baby? What happened to that? I didn't say Heineke was going to play bad. I just 35-17 Buffalo. All right, under over 250 yards, Heineke. Ready to go. Under 250 this week. Under 250. Okay. You know, I'm going to go opposite, okay. George. I'm saying over this week because garbage time because y'all are going to be trailing by two touchdowns <laughs> in the second half. I just feel like uh, Washington is really going to try to establish the run more this week, so I don't think he's going to throw as much. just depends on how out of control that score gets. If we establish the run, we'll be a good against the spread. For sure. Better chance, but yeah. We'll I see, Luds. Maybe you and I maybe you and I will both be a meme on an Instagram post next week. Or the Washington football team are gonna get their asses kicked. So <laughs> one of those two, two will happen. But let's uh, let's travel to uh New Jersey, which is where the Giants play. Um very interesting. Um where they will host the Atlanta Falcons 0-2 versus 0-2. The Giants are minus three. Luds, where are you shooting here? Uh so I think Atlanta's got some actually 
actually has some pretty good momentum going in next week. You know, the second half, they played the Bucks pretty hard, as you guys mentioned earlier in the pod. Um, Giants lost to Heartbreakers. Everyone knows last week that penalty killed them. Um, I just don't think the Giants go 0-3. I don't. Uh, I think they do pull out a win. I'm going to take them 27-25. I'm taking Atlanta plus three. Okay, I'd Atlanta plus the points. I like that. I like that. Atlanta I like plus Atlanta the points plus for the Giants yeah. to pull off the dub. It's a must win. It's a must win. That's yeah. a sharp bet. Yeah, this we we all know, guys. This NFC East is going to be is going to come come uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Probably all four of these teams are going to be all in contention. So yeah, most likely for the Giants to stay in that contention window, they're going to have to pull off a victory, and I think we're unanimous that they will do that. But let's end week three where the NFL. Schedule will end week three, and that's Jerry's World, where my Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. We got an NFC East clash in prime time. My Dallas Cowboys are favored four points against Philly. Luds, send us home. How about them Cowboys? Woo! That's a big win, um, especially beating the Huge. Chargers when uh, Washington's already lost to the Chargers. So that's that's a big that's a big win, especially when it comes to the division. <sighs> we saw how they won. Go ahead. So, Philly's defense is strong, man. I mean, being able to hold Shanahan and that offense to 17 points, uh, very impressive. I disagree with GVR on Dak a little bit. I still think Dak's going to be slinging the ball. I, that's just the way they've been. They got too good of receivers to not throw. They're kind of like the Bucks. I mean, you just got too many weapons. Just got to start feeding them. So, yeah. Uh, I still think Dak's going to throw the ball a good amount. They, the running game's going, man. I think Pollard, like I said last week, and uh, you know, I think he's the best back there. So I think he's might even start carrying the ball a little more than Zeke. I think you're going to start seeing Pollard maybe with a few more totes and slowly, sure. slowly start taking that job, man. But long story short, uh, I do have Dallas winning 31-24. Dallas minus three and a half. And then to end my picks this week, since we're two weeks in, uh, last year I used to do a steal of the week. Oh, we got a steal? So I'm going to start doing a new segment on here now. Since we're two oh, weeks oh. in, um, I'm going to start calling it the upset parlay of the week. Ooh, so these are going to be two upset picks that you throw money on a parlay on. It's tough. Two, two underdogs. <laughs> Two underdogs, but sounds daunting. That sounds like a habitual gambling, but I uh, that right there. I I feel like that's pretty. But that's like a catch up bet. Like I'm down a hundred. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know bet my last six (laughs) dollars. Try to make it back. You know, (laughs) throw fifty bucks down on these two teams. The upset parlay debut. Here we go. Upset parlay week three. I'm taking the Bengals plus three at Pittsburgh. Um, and then for my second one. Green Bay Packers plus three and a half at San Fran. I'm taking the two road dogs, Bengals plus three, Packers plus three and a half. Book it. I like both those picks, Lutz, and I like all of Nobody your NFC. Nobody cares East about picks. either of those games, though. I mean, I'm sure fans you of will San Francisco free. You will if you want to win money. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I hope if anybody out there takes the upset parlay and hits, you guys, please reach out to us. Absolutely. And, uh, George, scared money don't make money. <laughs> hey. All right, guys. We I want to thank everyone for joining us for week three of the NFC East Feast. And I also want to let everybody know this episode should most likely be released on Thursday morning, which will be September 23rd. Wait, Thursday have- morning, bro. I'm thinking more like Friday, dude. Honestly. 
You're going to make the fans wait till Friday? <laughs> Come on, dude. They got to make the, they, they got to wait for their paychecks. No, the Friday. fans don't know. The fans don't know that I'm producing here. All right. This, this takes some time, but yes, I'm going to try to get to it first thing in the morning to drop it. Okay. And I apologize for the lack of intro music last week because B called me out earlier about it. We just hold George to a high standard as I hold my taste buds to a high standard and I enjoy good pizza. So if anybody listens to this podcast, guys, and you love the NFC East feast, if you happen to make your way to downtown St. Pete on Saturday, September 25th, there is a place called Hops and Props. It is located at the St. Petersburg Pier is one of the most beautiful places. I run there almost every day. Please come and support Good Days Pies. George is an amazing cook, and he will make you some amazing pizza for an amazing cause. Wheelchairs for kids, craft beer, 90s hip-hop. Please, everybody, come out and support a good cause. I hope to see you all Saturday night, and I hope to see everybody back for the NFC East Feast Week 4 because it's Jay Luds, it's GVR, it's B. Wills, and this is the NFC East. Peace.